This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Amen. Woo. That was a good night of worship, huh? Sometimes you just got to get a pocket knife and cut some of that out with you and put it in your pocket and take that home. Presence of God. If you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand or ushers would get you one. Um, man, I, I'm, I'm delighted to see you here on a Wednesday night. It, it blesses me to see you come out on a Wednesday. You know, all the years of me and Shelley's married life, we, we were in church on Wednesdays. And so it's, it's a good place to be on Wednesday night. And so I welcome all of you. You know, sometimes people ask, why, why do you guys raise your hands to heaven? Well, it's, a, it's an act of surrender. It's an act of worship. There was a young man in the youth group years ago. He didn't understand it. And he said, I don't understand. Why are you people standing around and give Jesus the touchdown sign? And I thought, well, I guess Jesus just did score a touchdown. So that may help you remember. Score Jesus in my life. I welcome you. Just a little God thought for you. Something's easy. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. We're going to receive tonight's tithes and offerings. Genesis 22. Now, if you were here last week, we talked about the tithes and offerings that the very first tithe was given in Genesis 14 by Abraham. So you begin to chart through life here, and we're still talking about Abraham. Now, here in Genesis 22, Abraham is told by God to sacrifice his son Isaac on the altar. And so he, he goes through with him, and I mean, he's ready to do it. In the last minute, the Lord cuts him off. And I want you to read this here. This is Genesis 22, verse 14. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. Now, in that situation, what God did, he said, I'll, I'll provide what you need. Now, when he said this, the Lord will provide, the message says God sees to it, but the Lord will provide. The, the Hebrew word for that is Jehovah Jireh. Now, we say Jireh, but if you are to actually look at the meaning, it's Y-I-R-E-H. So it's really like Jesus being Yeshua, it's Yireh. And again, I may be butchering it. I struggle with English, let alone Hebrew, okay? But when he said this here, the reason that he's doing this is God was revealing to him who he was, his covenant name. And so God, he, he reveals his character to us by his covenant name. When you see Jehovah Jireh, understand this. God's nature is the gift. He's the God that gives and gives and he gives. Now, watch verse 15, 16 and 17 real quick. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply in your descendants. Now when we see that part there, man, we, we get excited. I, I'm in for God's blessings. I'm in for God's multiplying. I mean, we all say, man, I'm in, Lord, I'm in. But back in verse number uh, 16, he says, because you have done this thing, now, that's something you may have to highlight in your Bible because you have done this thing. The reason he would be blessed and he would be multiplied is because he did this thing. What did he do? He obeyed God. And he didn't just obey God. 
He obeyed God in one of the hardest predicaments a human being could be in. But something happens when I obey God. You know, the obedience to God's word is a magnet to his blessings and his multiplying. Now, be very careful not to ever critical, uh, be critical of what people have. You know why I say that? Because you don't know how they've obeyed to get it. And so God's no respecter of person. When I see people blessed, man, I realize there's a reason they're blessed. And so understand, he's still Jehovah Jireh. He's still the provider, okay? Let's pray. Father God, we worship you tonight. We honor you. We thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh in our lives. Lord, I ask right now that you would grace every one of us that we would obey you and that we would obey you quickly and quietly and that we would delight in obeying you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, we're back on faith here again tonight. Turn, turn with me way back in the New Testament to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is where we'll begin and I want to give you a little uh, intro to faith tonight, a little faith 101. And so Hebrews 11, many refer to it as the, the Faith Hall of Fame. And so in Hebrews 11, what happens, the, the writer uses this word over and over, by faith, by faith, by faith. And what he does with that statement, it's to connect a person's actions to a belief system. Now, when you see faith by faith by faith, that, that he's talking about, faith has nothing to do with my feelings. Nothing to do with my feelings. It has nothing to do with my, my five senses. In other words, feelings are the caboose. They don't get to drive the train, okay? Only faith gets to drive the train. And so when we talk about faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, we are to walk by faith and not by sight. Now, how does that work? Well, I can actually believe in the things that are unseen because of this thing called faith. And so understand tonight, this is a lot that you're going to hear, that we're called to walk by faith, not by sight. It's not going to have anything to do with these feelings. What I see, what I feel, what I touch, what I hear. But faith is, is totally dependent on God's Word. Now, we begin in Hebrews 11. Verse number three. And before I get on that, let, let me highlight something for you. As a parent, how many in here are parents? You're going to pass on many things to your children. But one thing I want to highlight before I start. Make sure you pass on the baton of faith to your children. The greatest inheritance you can give them. Now here's what I encourage you to do. Teach your kids about faith. Where you let them in on, we're, we're believing God. We're believing God. And, and let them watch how you believe God. Just begin to do that, even at a young age. And I will tell you this about your children. They'll, they'll get it quicker than you think. And so be, be a model of it, but be sure and pass that on. Okay, Hebrews 11, verse 3. By faith, faith empowers us, is what that's talking about. By faith... We understand. What do we understand? The worlds were framed by the word of God. Now that word framed means they were set in order. 
They were made fully ready. That they were fitted. And, and so when you read this here, it was created beautifully and coordinated how? Now think about it. The world was framed by the word of God. Keep reading. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So again, it has nothing to do with what, what I see is what he's talking about. And so the power of God's word is what created things. In other words, God spoke. God said. God called it into existence. And so what happens in chapter number 11, the author, he, he was... This, this repeated structure he would give, and he would give the people's name and, and, and of the believer, and then he would explain what he or she did, and then over and over, if you went through Hebrews 11, he would use this expression, by faith. And again, it was to connect the person's action to a belief system. Again, it had nothing to do with feelings. And so I, I encourage you, go through there and read all these passages you can and you'll see the reason these men and women are in the faith of hall of fame is because they literally live by faith over and over and over again so if we took if we had time we'd go back to genesis chapter one if you go back to genesis one it talks about how god created everything and it will say on 10 different occasions, and God said, and God said, just look, go through there, and God said, and God said, and God said. Now, I like to call Genesis chapter 1, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God spoke and bang, there it happened. And so this is what happens over and over. God spoke and God spoke and God spoke. Now, in Genesis 1, verse 27, it says that God created me and you in his likeness or his image. Now, if I'm created in his likeness and his image, I need to connect this right here, okay? If God created things by the word of his mouth and we're created in his image, I believe he's revealing to me and you the power of your words and your tongue. I believe this is what he's wanting to get over to us right here. And, and so when you look at this, now think just a second. When God created the world, he didn't hope it. He didn't think it. He didn't clap his hands. He didn't snap his fingers. What did he do? He spoke it into existence. So I believe immediately right there that God is trying to reveal to me and you the power of your words. Now, you'll see this many times in the Bible throughout tonight. So turn with me to, let's go to, to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2. And, and the reason I want to read this verse is this is the starting point for every one of us as a Christian. I don't care who you are. This, this verse is the starting point. You don't become a Christian until you understand this verse. So we read Ephesians 2, verse number 8. For by grace 
you have been saved through faith. I'm saved by grace through faith. What's interesting with the statement there, through faith, if you were a digger of the Bible, the cross-reference of that verse takes us to Mark eleven twenty-two, and it says, have the faith in God or have the God kind of faith. Now, would God tell us to have faith in God or have the God kind of faith if that wasn't possible? So he says right here, for by grace you have been saved by faith, that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. So you read this right here and you ask yourself this question. How did I put this into action? How, how do I do this? How do I get saved? Do I hope it? Do I think it? No, what you're going to begin to see here is I, I use my words to state my faith. Now, let's, let's go real slow through it. He said, you're saved by grace. Grace is a free gift of God. You're saved by grace through faith. So grace is only available by faith. In other words, you're going to have to believe God for it. You, you can't do 100 push-ups and get grace, okay? I don't care how smart you are. How many? That's not how you get grace. It's a gift. And he said, so grace is only available through faith. So grace is deposited to you. But faith is the only way that you can make a withdrawal of the grace. And so it's received here, it's not earned. And, and God's saving, it's all his idea, it's all his work. I just trust him enough to let him do it. Now remember the definition of faith. It's acting like God's telling the truth. So this is a verse you, you need to get a hold of. To watch how you put Ephesians 2.8 into motion. Turn with me to your left to the book of Romans. Romans chapter number 10. This is going to get good to you, okay? You're going you're to get taught the Bible tonight. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. Now listen closely. That is the word of faith which we preach. So right here he's telling us we speak with our lips what our hearts receive and we believe the many promises of his word. Now it's interesting the connection right here. Your lips and your heart. But he said something that you got to get. That is the word of faith which we preach, the Bible. So anytime I get a hold of the Bible, I get it in my mouth, in my heart, it's going to start creating faith. Verse 9, now listen real close. If you, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what he's talking about here, the revelation of salvation. And so we publicly declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart. Now, if, if you look real closely in that verse, three times he uses the word you. So he's telling us, every one of us individually, you want to get born again? This is how you do it. Now watch what he says in verse 10. 
For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So when you see the word believe, the word believe means to have faith. It means to trust. It means to be fully convinced. And, and when I'm fully convinced, it produces obedience. But he uses a word in there that, that we've got to highlight. And with the mouth, confession is made. The word confession in the Greek actually has the meaning to agree. So when you begin to confess out of your mouth, you are agreeing with what you confess. So right here, I am agreeing with God about who he says Jesus is, that he's the son of God. So every time you confess the word of God out of your mouth, you are literally saying, I agree with what I'm saying. Powerful. Extremely powerful. And so the easiest way to understand this is just A, B, C. I accept the word, I believe the word, and I confess the word. Now, listen to what it, it says about the word confession. The word confession is, is appropriating heart belief and spoken confession. To confess means it is a public binding declaration. Now, let me ask you something. What are you confessing? What are you declaring? So when I start opening up my mouth and I begin to confess things out of my mouth, the things you are confessing, you are literally saying, I agree with that. Whether good or bad. Where's that? That's Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, when you speak death, you know what you're saying? I agree with that. But when I speak life, that's what I'm saying. So in Proverbs 4.19, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The thing with that is those who say they can and those who say they can't, they're both right. It's very important that you start saying, I can't. I, I can do all things through Christ. I can do these things over and over again. I can, I can, I can. Now, I'm going to give you a little nugget, and you may hear me say this several times in the upcoming weeks. Years ago, I began to have a problem that I would speak before I would think. Anybody ever had that problem? I would rattle stuff, doubt, unbelief, negativity. And so in that time frame, I, I realized, man, I, I got to become accountable. So I said to Shelly, I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Every time you or me say something that doesn't agree with the Word of God, the one who hears it has the permission to correct the other one. Well, that wasn't a real good statement of mine because she corrected me every 10 times to my one. And so I would be driving down the road. I would say something that was so negative, and she would look at me and say, is that what you want to happen? I'd say, no. And she'd say, well, why are you saying that? So what ultimately happened, we began to become very conscientious of the words that came out of our mouth. Very careful. And, and so think about this. If the confession that's coming out of my mouth, I'm agreeing with that, I better be very careful. Now another thing the Lord helped me with, way back here, 
was this. He said to me one day, everything that you say out of your mouth, I want you to tag it with this. And that's just the way I want it to be. Let me give you an illustration. I'm always broke. I never have enough money. And that's just the way I want it to be. My marriage, and this is in the Greek, it sucks, and that's just the way I want it to be. We're, we're always sick, and that's just the way I want it to be. I never get a raise, and that's just the way I want it to be. So literally with my words, I'm confessing them, I'm agreeing, but the very things I was saying out of my mouth, that's not what I wanted, but yet I was programmed to speak negativity. And so it seemed like for day after day, you might as well take my mouth shut, because I was like, I don't want to say that. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And this is a passage, and when you get there, you're, you're going to see a core truth that your words have power. I, I mean big time. Matthew 12, verse 33. And if you'll notice, these are red-letter words. This is the Lord Jesus. And so it's like Jesus is going to tell us some things tonight. Either make the tree good, and its fruit will be good, or else make the tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. So you, you look something real quick. There was only two options for the tree, good or bad. Now, think about what the Lord Jesus said here, said, Either make the tree fruit good or the fruit bad. And he ends with this, he says, For a tree will be known by its fruit. A tree will be recognized or defined by the fruit. And so the quality of the fruit reflects the character of the tree. And so in other words, the fruit defines the tree. What's on your tree right now? Good or bad? Keep reading, verse 34. Brood of vipers. Now, when Jesus says this, he was speaking to the Pharisees. And, and when he calls them brood of vipers, he was identifying the fruit in their life. And so the brood of vipers, literally broken down, means it was the, they were sons of snakes. Your inner identity was like a poisonous steak. So the words the Pharisees spoke were the windows to their hearts. And let me say that again. The words that the Pharisees spoke out of their mouth revealed what was in their heart. How do we know that? Now pay close attention. This is a good one to mark. Verse 34. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's stored up in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Woo. Why? Because your words are windows into your heart. So every time you open up your mouth and speak, you are confessing or you are agreeing with something that's going on in your life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's the abundance of my heart made of? Let me ask you something. What are you putting in your heart? When you feed on the Word of God on a daily basis, you're putting the Word of God in your heart. 
And so what I put in my heart is ultimately going to come out of my mouth. So when life squeezes you, when life comes after you, guess what? What is in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Now, if all you do all day is watch Jeopardy, you may be good at Jeopardy, but it's not going to help you in life. All I, all I do for all day, fellas, is watch soap operas. I watch a lot of mash reruns. Well, that's going to do you a lot of good spiritually. You put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. Verse 35. A good man. Now, I've got that bracketed right there, that statement. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, will bring forth good things. But an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. Now, again, you see something here. It's either good or it's evil. It's one or the other. So what determines that? Verse 36. But I say to you, for every idle word that men may speak, every untrue word that men will speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. You know what's going on here? God has got a tape recorder. And he tape records every one of our words. I don't know that he does that. He's God, okay? But there's something about God that he knows for every idle word or non-working word that we speak, we're going to give an account to it. So when I look at this right here, I realize real quick, words are very powerful and important to God. And if they're that valuable and important to God, man, they better start being good, uh, valuable and important to me because it will determine good or evil. Verse 37. For by your words, you will be justified. The word justified there is a legal term to mean for by your words you will be acquitted, you will be viewed as innocent. Now think about what he just said. For by your words. For by your words, not my words. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned or you will be declared guilty. Now if you think about what he's saying here, it's, it's my words. It's nobody else's words. So it's like the Lord's telling you right there. He's warning you. You got to take ownership of your words. So I, I'm, I'm looking at all these statements here. And in verse 36 when he said, But I say to you, for every idle word that men will speak, they will get account of the day of judgment. That verse is cross-referenced to one of the scriptures I quote all the time. It's Matthew 4, 4, which says, Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, okay, how does this tie in? L listen real close. This is Matthew 4, 4 in the Passion Translation. Bread alone will not satisfy, but true life is found in every word 
which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. Now, true life is found in every word that goes forth out of God's mouth. So when I begin to agree with God's word, I'm going to live a true life. I'm going to live a blessed life. So when you look at everything he's talking about with us, now my words are important. Your, your words are important. So here's your homework assignment. Somebody said, we got homework? Yeah, we got homework. You've got to start going through your Bible and you've got to find scripture that pertains to what's going on in your life right now. And when you find that scripture, you begin to confess it. What did the word confess mean? I'm going to agree with it. And, and how often do I do that? Every day. And sometimes you've got to do it throughout the day. So I go back to when I'm young, many, many moons ago. I didn't know the Bible. So I would get a three-by-five card, and I would write on there what the Scripture said. I would write on there Colossians 1.13, which says, He has delivered me from the power of darkness. Anybody need to be delivered from some junk in your life right now? It was past tense. He said, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. So the darkness in your area of your life, you fill it in and you say, I thank you, Father God, that you've delivered me from alcohol. You've delivered me from drugs. You've so what happens with that is I begin to agree with what God's word says. How long we got to do it? Till you get set free. The Word of God will work if you'll stay with it. Let me give you a little nugget here, okay? I pray that you, you kick into gear quicker than I did, but from the time I begin to quote Colossians 1.13 over my life until I totally got free from it was four years. Now listen real close to me. That didn't mean I didn't see fruit. That didn't mean I see improvement. I, I started going days and weeks without a drink, and before long I realized, man, I hadn't had a drink. And every now and then I would be what I call a triple threat. I would stumble, fumble, and fall. Anybody have ever stumbled, fumbled, and fallen? Yes. But a righteous man will fall seven times, but he gets back up. And so I would look back in the mirror. I would get up and I'd say, Father God, I'm sorry. I blew it again. And I'd look in the mirror and I'd say, Colossians 1.13, you have delivered me from the power of darkness. I'd say, alcohol, you have no dominion over me. Shelly would pray that over me. She would speak that over me. I had that on a mirror. I had that on my dash. I had it ever. All day long was I'd say, he's delivered me from the power of darkness. Thank you. Now, I can tell you the word of God works. I, I stand before you 40 years later, and I saw the blessings of agreeing with the word of God. Confess it. Confess. And God said. And God said. So what would happen if we just said, I'm going to be like God. I'm going to say. I'm going to just keep saying. I'm going to keep saying. Stay with it. Now stand up here with me. Ooh, I got to stop. I got to stop. I got carried away. How do I tame the tongue? 
I address the heart. How do I address the heart? I start getting into the Word. What you put in is going to start coming out. In the name of Jesus. Bow your head here with me. If you feel comfortable, give Jesus a touchdown, okay? Father God, we raise hands to you tonight. Lord, the same way that we're saved, that we believe with the heart and confess with the mouth, that's the way our life continues with you. And so, Lord, I pray your blessing on every one of us in here. That you would grace us right now with what we allow to come out of our mouth. In the name of Jesus, help us tonight, Lord. Help us breathe on us tonight. Grace us tonight. In this area, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.